the property pod 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 welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello this is the property pod my name is suren naidu and on this moneyweb podcast show we chat to leading executives analysts and developers in south africa's dynamic and expansive property industry on this latest podcast we are talking retail property and shopping centers in the south african and the us markets and a little bit on the mexican market the south african council of shopping centers recently concluded its international shopping mall tour to the us and mexico This is the first such tour in a few years due to the COVID-19 hiatus. On the podcast, we have a Brawl Property Group executive who was part of the tour to share her insights on the trip and on current trends in the SA and US retail property arena. We have Nkuli Bokopa, the Chief Operating Officer of Brawl Property Management, joining us now. Welcome to the Property Pod, Nkuli. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Serene. Before we talk retail property including mega malls in South Africa and the US tell us a little bit about yourself and Kuli how long have you been in the property sector and in your current role at Brawl Sure it's more than several years i think now we counting two decades so that's quite a while i'm feeling like i've been immersed in the sector for a very long time and um a very fulfilling career if i may put it as that it's what i love doing uh, my background is in architecture and um i think very early on in my career i decided there should be more you know to to the world of uh commercial real estate in south africa more than just being on the professional side and doing drawings and um and that's how i got to discover the real world of corporate real estate in south africa and all the different segments that exist obviously the office um segment was the one i was most exposed to in the early years of my career and um with brawl that has grown from just offices to retail and industrial and earlier in my career petrochemicals as well so i think it's been well rounded um the kind of experience that i've had including a stint in residential as well yeah now you are the chief operating officer at brawl property management what's your role there and your what do you do there day to day i'm sure it's a exciting position it's exciting uh we obviously manage for the listed funds and unlisted funds but the majority of the listed funds in the country they all have different strategies and different focuses that they have and um it's interesting to move from one client meeting to another where you can see you know you have to keep up with where each client is at and keep the chinese walls quite separate as it were you know but all in all very very insightful to be exposed to to that world and just being able to see where they are going and the direction that the sector is going and what drives them i think the biggest uh driver for them is is consistently and quite encouragingly um investment in the country and the economy of the country you know so it's quite um fulfilling to be a part of that and a day in the life of unguli 
can range from anything uh, discussing municipal queries and issues that they're battling with. As we know, our municipalities are not really being run as efficiently as they could be or should be. And um, I think also the other big thing is, you know, just focusing on trends and where to go and how to best uh, relate with tenants and how to make the retailers experience far better. And obviously, by so doing, looking after the ultimate end user, which is the customer on the ground, the ordinary South African who comes across in all our shopping centers and spending their hard-earned money and how we can make that experience better for them and make sure that they get the most bang for their buck. You know, so my day ranges from that to also focusing inwardly in the business, growing the business, making sure that, you know, we're looking after our people, who is, which is a bigger component across the business. The property management division is being, has been the largest division in the group for a very long time. And, you know, so the people aspect is critical. So I'm dealing with people issues, profitability and sustainability of the business, and looking ultimately at the customers and how we we make sure that we remain relevant to them and continue to add value to their portfolios and lead to their asset value growth. Thanks for that, Nkuli. I'm sure you've gleaned a lot of insights over all the years that you've been in the property sector in your various roles. In terms of your recent trip to the US and, and Mexico as part of the South African Council of Shopping Center International Tour, what were some of the interesting trends and key insights you and your team observed? So firstly, I think I wish to commend the the SACSC, as we refer to them for short, for this international tour. It's organized every year. This was my first time, and it's been really, really great. It's an eye-opener. It's very well orchestrated. I think the the curatorship of the shopping centers that we had to see was very impressive, and I've got to give kudos to them. So my experience there was, you know, obviously the U.S. is a vast market. So I'm going to just focus and hone in on the part of the U.S. that we were at. We visited the West Coast, um, California, to be precise, and we were in L.A. for the greatest part of the trip. So, I mean, it was amazing to see the marriage between the indoors and the outdoors, you know, how the bricks and mortar has been softened with nature, you know, trees and plants and, um, and animals, so to speak. We saw a lot of pets in a lot of the shopping centers that we went to. But just open-air malls is what we saw mainly, which was the big, big difference between us and that U.S. market. Open-air malls where there's a good link between the outdoor and the indoors and not very closed, you know. And um, obviously, we know we've got security issues in our country, and that's what I suppose has led to the design being what it is as we see and experience in our country. But also, you know, a lot of experiential, immersive experiential uh, time that the consumers spend in the in the shopping centers. They go there to see art. They go there to sit on beautifully laid out lounges across the shopping centers, uh, across the the 
the common areas, you find a lot of really good investments in furniture um, that is just sitting around in the shopping centers to call for customers to come and just be at the shopping center. So a a shopping center is a place to be rather than a place to shop. And of course, if you spend long enough time, you will end up shopping, you know. And I think it's it's been very refreshing when they told us as well to say post-COVID, they've seen a greater usage of those spaces. And especially because during COVID, people were forced to work from home and be on their own and be isolated. So people come out to actually use the lounges at the shopping centers to do their work, work from home and work virtually and um, they've also seen the spike in people coming across with their pets. Because if you recall, during COVID, there's a lot of people who were forced to be on their own. If you lived by yourself and didn't have companionship, it was very difficult if you didn't have a pet. So I think even on the flight, I experienced pets quite a lot, a lot more than what I'd ever seen before. So it was very refreshing. Um, some green initiatives that we also saw, you know, just as a light touch, you go into the bathrooms and there's brown paper throughout, you know, and we know the processes of going through the the forests and the trees in, in order for us to ultimately have white paper on the table, you know, so just those subtle changes and um, a lot of water harvesting that they were doing, uh, which is the same as what we are doing you know, solar energy, which is what we are doing. And um, yeah, I think there were areas that we could compare directly and see that we are on the right track, but also some areas where you can see um, there's something for us to pick up on, like a small touch, uh, just fresh water, fresh drinking water being made available. Uh, by way of water fountains everywhere you go, you know, and we know in our country we are a drought country and we are in a drought region and water, fresh drinking water is not always readily available to everybody across the country. So I think that would be a nice touch of something that we could implement, yeah. I had a a separate question about ESG and green, which you've somewhat covered. And Europe, to some extent, were forerunners in the development of shopping malls, indoor shopping malls uh, beyond the high streets of of the world. Uh, South Africa is well recognized, too, and holds its own. Uh, I've been at several shopping council congresses, for example, and you have international speakers talking about how impressed they they were when when they come and they look at some of our major super regionals. But from your trip, where do you see the U.S. excelling and where is South Africa ahead, perhaps, in the shopping mall space when you when you compare the two? And obviously, as you said, you were on the West Coast. You also did go to the excelling malls, as it were. Uh, you, you didn't uh, go to all the states, for example. Yes. So obviously, the economy speaks volumes in terms of the performance of the shopping centers and the retailers in the shopping centers. And uh, it was very clear when we were there that the economy is well ahead. And it's an economy, it's a first world economy, first of all, but it's also an economy that is buoyant with employment and that was the stark difference, you know, between ourselves and themselves and the U.S. Um, I think the prevalence of real premium brands 
across different shopping centers, even at a radius of like 18 kilometers, you are finding big brands, but like premium brands, you know, uh, which is not common with us here at home. And um, again, I think the the manner in which they able to interact with those premium brands at a seamlessly using different platforms, prop tech platforms that are seamless for communication was something that I felt we could definitely pick up on and do better and improve at. I think also from a point of view of having VIP lounges at a shopping center, you know, where um, a shopper can have their bags picked up from wherever they've decided to shop and a service that tells you where you're going to find what specials and promotions and, um, you know, have a drink while you're there, get valet parking and get your car washed while you're there. So that was a nice touch that we saw at one of the high-end, very high-end shopping centers that we visited there. And um, I think there's room for it in our country. While we are still developing in many aspects, I think we do have a market that could be served by that kind of a service. Yeah. And then uh, on the South African side, in your press release uh, on the tour, you talked about the difference and how things have changed where a lot of the American malls were historically biased towards departmental stores uh, or department stores. And we know that's been a hot topic in terms of the demise of some big brands or downscaling of these brands. But uh, South Africa, a lot of the malls, for example, have been anchored also by major supermarkets, which not necessarily is a trend in the US. Uh, Maybe highlight some of your thoughts around South Africa and where South Africa seems to be excelling. So we are largely, you know, I think where I found us excelling, in the US, there were not a lot of incubator um, spaces where you find up and coming new businesses especially those who have been previously disadvantaged being given a chance. Uh, We did see it at one of the malls and it was really done well. Um, The the landlord actually invested quite a lot in that space and that was impressive. I think we are doing more of that now in South Africa uh, at a much larger and broader scale. And I think that is a trend that I would like to see developing further, especially considering where we are economically as a country. So that's one aspect that is very encouraging to see is happening there. And we are also doing the same here um, at a much larger scale in terms of different landlords looking at the same direction. Are we investing the same I'm not sure if we are investing the same amount, but um, I've got no doubt that that's a direction that we will go. I think that where we could do better in South Africa is the availability of outlets, you know, a lot of outlet malls. In South Africa, if I'm in Johannesburg, I have to think very hard, where am I going to find an outlet? And I can only think of one hub where you can find a number of outlets, but, you know, you have to drive leaving wherever you are to get to that one place, you know, Um, whereas in the U.S., all around you are within reach to be able to find an outlet. And I think that would be good for our South African market 
people are hungry for that. And then with respect to where we are doing better, you know, when we go to these places and when we go on these tours, we largely wear the lens of where we can improve, right? So you're always wearing the lens that says, what can I take from people who have done this before me and be able to to do better on it? So I think that with that lens, we were able to, you know, there was a shared sentiment between us when we did the interview earlier to say, our professionals and professional consultants that we use the, by way of architects and designers, it would be great for them to see what is out there and be able to design in a manner that responds more to the community within which we are. You know, um, I think that would be great to see and that calls for more of them joining the SACSC International Tour in the future. But interestingly, I saw a picture of Sentin City about 1978 or 1980. And it was unbelievable how much greenery there was inside the mall. And it tells you that sometimes we try to keep up with trends way more than what is necessary. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it, we all go back to the same things that we walked away from, you know. And, uh, you know, in in Europe, you see a lot of preservation of what was. And maybe we need to also find the good jewels in our own uh, design aspects and in our own geography and communities and, and stick with them, no matter what the trends are, you know, just keep doing better and providing better spaces for our shoppers, but spaces that they can relate to, you know. Just a little bit on the Mexican market. What were some of your insights there? I think the Mexican market was pretty much closer to South Africa in the sense that there's areas that are really high-end for really high-earning individuals, high-net-worth individuals, and then you walk away from that and you really find uh, the divide between the, the, the income um, amongst the, the soci- in, amongst the society, as it were, you know, and um, the architecture was out of this world and breathtaking in one of the shopping centers that were visited, extremely, extremely high end. And, um, and what was nice, I think the difference was the, the street trading, you know, um, people just being able to operate informally, um, as street vendors, maybe street vendor is not the word, but being able to operate informally and uh, a very buoyant market at that, you know. And so the group that was there was able to interact on the high end and on the other end, you know, of the spectrum, where obviously the focus in the U.S. was much rather on the high end side of the of the market, yeah. We're running out of time a little bit, uh, so uh, I know you've covered ESG and green, so we're going to skip that. But uh, just to conclude, we kind of post-pandemic, post-COVID, 
Has the retail property sector recovered fully from what you've seen both in South Africa and now the U.S. and, and Mexico? Is it still in transition with increased online sales, etc.? Or essentially, what's your expectations going forward? Because a few years ago, it was talked about a, of the death of shopping centers, and clearly that's not the case. Yeah, definitely not the case. There's definitely a buoyancy and... Um in both markets, South African and the U.S., and uh, we didn't see vacancies at all in the U.S. markets. Um, Like you said earlier, that we are anchored largely by grocery stores, and we also have services, you know, uh, which is really good for consumers because we struggled while we were in the U.S. to just find a pharmacy. You know, you visit five shopping centers in one day and you don't find services that you require as a consumer. So I think that's one big plus that I can add uh, we are doing good at in South Africa. I think we serve functionality more than uh, just aesthetics uh, in the South African market. And it shows in our design and, uh, you know, we're designing for form and function, uh, whereas they're designing for more aspirational and stuff like that. So, yeah, so at buoyancy in the market, definitely both markets very buoyant. Uh, we've got some of our investor clients busy with big acquisitions and um, some of our investor clients busy with developments. And really, even after having been hit so hard by COVID and the riots, our investor landscape is still very optimistic about the retail sector and they still want to continue developing further. We're seeing trends on the township and rural um, investments that is still growing. And um, it's encouraging to see that the market is picking up. Vacancies are very low on the retail side in the South African market as well. So, um, you know, there is talks of some of the big uh, retail groups wanting to scale down. But at the moment, I think we've all seen what happened with Adcon, the buyout has helped a lot and um, and been able to maintain the Edgar's footprint in terms of the, the offering, you know. So we are not very worried about big movements at the moment. Nkuli, thank you so much for your time. That was Nkuli Bukopa, the Chief Operating Officer of Brawl Property Management. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. Brought to you by Asset, South Africa's leading digital commercial property magazine. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. Pod. MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.